R&T, you ready to play that funky music? Yeah. Remember when we told folks to send in their own version of the Love and Brief theme? All right, Isabel. <laughs> Sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. Well, uh, the second other guy did that. If you don't know the second other guy, well, you're about to. Because this is a damn funky version <laughs> of the theme from Love in Brief. Let's hear from one of our makers. <laughs> How much do you love that little roll at the end there? Yeah, love that. You got to love that wah pedal. Thank you to Second Other Guy for sending in that love and brief theme. I am RY, and I am here with the lovely... I'm eating strawberries. <laughs> I'm here with the lovely Road Not Taken. And uh, if you were listening last episode, you might think that Road Not Taken doesn't exist anymore. But indeed, she does. She was just out that week. She was feeling sick. But are you feeling better now? I'm feeling good. I bet. I'm feeling really good. Should I stop eating strawberries while we do this? I mean, it's uh, probably for the best. But Okay, I'll just take one more bite. And okay, that's, that's fair. So we did an episode a, a few episodes ago called uh, Drunky Pants RY, which was a chance for me to have way too much whiskey and then uh, get interviewed by R&T. And so we thought we'd turn the tables this week. And uh, R&T, well, there you go. A little cocktail. What you got there? I don't know. Well, I made it for you, and it's uh, it's a little citrus cocktail. It's delightful. Is it fair to say you are in rare form? Yeah, but you know what? It takes it costs a lot less for me. That's true. It only takes like three, and then you're all set. Yeah, well, two and change. Two now. and some change. Yeah, but you said you wanted to do this this week, and yeah, even while sober, you said you wanted to do this. It's not like I just plied you into it at the. No, it was my idea. Yeah. So, uh, you know, consent rules covered, etc. And now it's time to do some Q&A. So I uh, reached out on Instagram and on FetLife to our group. You sly fox. Ah, thank you. I prefer silver fox, but yes. You sly silver fox. And I threw it out there and said, what would you like R&T to answer for you? And we got a bunch of responses back. Are you ready for sort of a lightning round of questions? This is things that folks want to know from you, particularly oh, God. while drinking. Um, <coughs> I'm ready. And it's you won't find R&T in rare form every day, so this is kind of a special moment. Are you ready for your first question? Ready as I'll ever be. This one comes from our friend Abra DL, or Abrad DL. That's fucking Brad. What? You remember fucking Brad. It is? Yeah. Hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. Abradiel 15's question is, what's something that you've done while drunk that you would never do while sober? Oh, um, well, one time I was very drunk and in response to a gentleman telling me I had to put my shoes back on, I decided instead to grab them up and walk the mile and a half home in the middle of winter with no shoes on. Oh, uh, you know, to prove a point to him, and he wasn't there for any of it. Yeah, so your point, was it well proven? It was, I don't have to wear shoes, and I mean, I don't know. I don't think it was. You, I, I you mean, rejected the shoes of the patriarchy. To the point where I was proving it to him about an hour after he left my eyesight, <laughs> my, my, my line of vision. He has no idea that you made this valiant point to him. I walked all the way home. That's a long walk and no shoes. Was, I mean, was it at least pleasant out? No, it was winter. Oh. 
Snow on the ground? Yeah. Oh, God. I was living in the north of England. Oh, geez. It wasn't great. Well, no, not, not great. Would it you say great. you would never do that while sober? I hope. Uh, I mean, uh, never is a, a strong uh, word. You would rarely do that. Most times yeah. I would. No, I don't think I would do those. I think I would leave the place with no shoes and then throw them on to go home. Yeah, that makes sense. I just thought, I thought it was cool that you're like, you know what? Forget you, buddy. Watch me walk away, and then I'm just going to keep going to prove yeah. my point. And to all you listeners who are like, why was her shoes off in a bar? Why was weren't. your shoes off in a bar? They were off in a club. Oh. Because I don't wear t- I don't wear high heels, yeah. and my housemates said, you have to. Okay. And I tried it for the time it took me to get about three beers in me. Yep. And then I took them off. And then I left the bar. <laughs> <laughs> they lost well, me. I, for one, am glad you don't make that a regular thing, uh, given pneumonia. Uh, the next question comes from uh, Uncle Dingo, who said, what would your favorite a- or your perfect ABDEL event or convention consist of? Give us a whole timeline. If you could design the perfect ABDL event or convention, what okay. would it look like? It would be at like... And a, like like the old Clue Castle. Okay. But there okay. would be so many sparkly things, like pink plushy rugs and all the sparkly things, and everybody would be playing the entire time. And there would be nothing you had to go to. It would just be simply play the whole time. So I'm trying to squish these aesthetics together. So you're saying My Little Pony style sparkle magic everywhere. Big mansion. But inside of a 1920s yeah. stone mansion. Yeah. Nobody wherein would murders die. might be taken. No, okay, no, no one murders. Would die. So in the Clue Mansion, but not in the Clue. So story. many cartoons, so many donuts, so much room to run around. Like inside bouncy castles, inside yeah. pool, inside all the fun. Like nobody's like, you have to go to blah, blah, blah at blah, blah, blah time. Okay. You just can be like, Oh, we're just playing, and now what do you want to play? So nothing's scheduled. Yeah, and all the play. What kind of play are you thinking of? I don't know, like 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 sexual play or just trampoline. Oh, okay, just play. um, Running around and like I don't know. I've never played that game with the with the weird like hammers and the balls in the yard, but that seems appropriate. The hell are you talking about? I don't remember. The hammers and the balls in the yard. Yeah, you like swing the hammer. This and you is hit some the ball kind of pain thing for males. No? no. Oh, like croquet? Croquet. Okay. Yeah, I got a little nervous with the hammers and balls bit. No. Because that doesn't sound like play to me. But hey, dude, if that's your thing, more power to you. I ain't judging. It's called CBT. CBT, a little CBT. Yeah, it does sound like T. Uh, the next question comes to us. We're, see, we're moving fast. Oh my God, well, we get a bunch of these to cover. so good. The next question comes to us from Funny ABDL Memes, one of our favorite accounts on Tee-hee. Instagram. Yeah. And uh, the question is 12 squared plus 9 squared equals X. Solve okay. for X. So 12 squared okay. plus 9 squared equals X. Solve for X. Okay, give me Let's one Let's just show your work. Okay. 144 plus 89. Okay. Equals... Yeah, I'm tracking. Okay, so 144 plus 80 is 220 plus 9 plus 4 is 
233. Solve for X. That's X. Oh, X is 233. I'm going to say you got that spot on. Did I? No. no. Not even close. Yes, I did. Nope. Ask the math once. Nope. But I, <clears throat> I admire that you were willing to tackle math live on the air. I'm not good at math. Well, everybody has their strengths. You don't have to be good at math. I'm not good at math 89. either. Okay. That's 89 it. being the, the square of nine? Yeah. Okay. 81? 81. Look, who am I to decide what the square of nine is? 81. It's 125. No, 225. Okay, 225. Yeah. Okay, so. Is X equals X. Well, no, no. Cause, so that's, that's, yes, that is X. Yeah. Okay. And then if, if, if it were X squared, what's the square root of 225? I don't know. Does it have one? Well, that wasn't the question. I was just throwing it out there. I think it's 15, but I'm not sure. One. Math also no, isn't my strong suit. I can't. I can't. Mathematicians, I hope you haven't already left the podcast in absolute anguish. Come uh, back. Tell us the answer. Yes, you can come back and tell us the answer. Yeah, so that was... I'm not uh, known for math. I'm known for other things. What are you known for? I don't know, like... Being lovely. Oh, no. I was going to say, like, <laughs> my love of Disney movies. Well, also that. You're known Mary for many Poppins. things. All right. That little dude, 25, actually asks a serious advice question. So I may, I, I may weigh in on this one Hey, as little well. dude, tell us what you're about. Okay. So that little dude, 25, says, what do I do if I've had the diaper talk, quote unquote, with my significant other and it didn't go well? Ooh. Ooh, next steps. Now, I'm going to say it doesn't – I would want to know what you mean by didn't go well. But let's yeah. assume the person just – it's not that they ran screaming out of the house, but they, they, they said, um, oh, no. I don't love this. So what do you do if you've had the diaper talk with somebody and it doesn't go well? Oh. Have you ever had this? Yeah. And what'd you do? Uh, and would you do it again? No. Okay. What? I pretended that it was okay. I pretended it was fine and it wasn't fine. Okay. Like I pretended. You're like, cool. Cool, yeah, cool. I was like, no, it's not that important to me, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I just brought it up for fun. Yeah, I just brought it up, but you know what? I love you, and so it's fine. Yeah, I, say, I, tell, I tell this to all my friends, and it's no big deal. No, not even that. It was more like, I like you more than I like my fetish. Which I did like the person, but that doesn't it's make your really fetish go hard away. to make it go away. Yeah. So that was not, it was not. It wasn't good. So you would not recommend this approach. Do you, Please do you don't have, do that. In retrospect, an alternate approach. That you might suggest? Maybe, maybe try and come from a point of empathy and see what it might take if you were your partner hmm. to make them experience what you're telling them in a more comfortable way and come from it that way. Say, I know this is uncomfortable for you. Here is something that I have to say to you that is more like up your alley, like make it relatable to them. And if it still doesn't go well, then ask them if there's a way you can still get your needs met while honoring them. I think that's really good advice. Thanks. I mean, regardless of what I think, it's really good advice, but I do think it's really good advice. I mean, what you're talking about is connecting with who they are, yeah. not just their rejection of your thing. Yeah, of course, because they were your partner before they knew. Right. And all that's still valid. Right. Yeah, I mean, when you talk to somebody 
about your kink, they still are a whole person right up until that moment and after, right? So even though your kink may be central to your experience of sexuality, maybe even central to your identity, they still exist before and after. So I think what you're saying about connecting to them with empathy and compassion and thinking, how can I think about where you are? Man, that's always good advice. And listeners, just just as like a reminder, empathy is not how would I feel if I were in their situation? It was, it's how would they feel? Yeah. How are they feeling? How are they feeling? How would I feel if I were them? Like taking into consideration all of their experience and all of their background, everything you know about them, how would they be feeling? I think this is an important point because for years I thought of empathy as here's how I would feel. Yeah. But that's not the issue because if everybody felt like I felt, we'd never have any arguments, right? There'd never be any conflict. Everybody, the second I told them about my fetish, they'd be like, hey, me too, right? Because they feel like I feel. But this is not the issue. The question is, what is it like being them? Yeah. And how can you identify with their mind and their experience? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Thanks. I mean. eat another strawberry. Well, you've got, yeah, have another strawberry. I'll wax poetic on this particular issue while you enjoy a strawberry. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I'm just saying, I think it's it's really tempting because we sometimes in the ABDL world, we wait years and years to tell somebody or months and months or weeks and weeks, but it's been on our mind for a while. And we go to them and we say, okay, here's this part of me you did not see coming. And I'm just going to throw it at you and hope you handle it well. And if it doesn't go well, it's easy for us to go, okay, well, now now my life is a mess, which it may be. And I, I want to honor that that's a extreme – I've had that experience, and it's extremely jarring and very unfortunate. And the other person came into that conversation not knowing what was up and then hearing something very strange. So if you can put yourself into their shoes a little bit without – adopting their viewpoint as your own, but saying, what was it like for them coming into this conversation and what do they need? I've never found that empathy hurts. Yeah, it doesn't. My relationships. It doesn't. Also, I apologize to all of you people who are currently hovering over the uh, pause or X button. Uh, I can't listen to people eat and I keep trying to mute, but I I'm pretty sure you hit the mute button. I feel good about it. Okay. Well, if you can hear me, I apologize. And we're not going to do another one of these, so you don't have to worry about (laughs) me. You've already written off the series on RNT Drunky Pants. I mean, not the series, but I probably will ask you when I'm sober not to let me bring strawberries up again. That's fair. That's fair. We did bring some strawberries. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say to that little dude, 25, hey, it's happened to a lot of us, including me. Try not to look at it as a reflection on who you are, but look at it as a reflection of where your partner is, and that's okay. And then start looking for opportunities to say, look, how can I meet you where you are just as you try your best to meet me where I am? That person's reaction isn't wrong unless they shamed or condemned you, in which case I would say that's probably not a a healthy interaction. But even that happens. Look for their needs, their fears. What are they concerned about? And see if you can engage them human to human instead of, um, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but instead of focusing on your loss, is it possible to say, where are they and what do they need? And how can I show up for them while staying true to myself? So uh, drunk RNT can't remember the details right now, but uh, we just recently had a podcast um, episode 
come out with one of our good friends who has had this conversation with his partner and it's been a long-term conversation and he's just, um, he just attended one of his first events, uh, right before quarantine. So RY, if you would fill this person in so that they could maybe listen yeah. to it. Yeah. No, that was TB in episode 77. So take a listen. It's a very, very good, um, episode for advice from him about how to handle this. I agree. I agree. All right, uh, RNT, you ready for our next one? Okay. Okay. Uh, our friend and podcast guest and super buddy, Bababy Babear, asks... Oh, Bababy Babear, I miss you very much. If you could be any type of potato, yep. which <clears throat> type of potato would you be? Sweet potato fry. Oh, that was... You didn't even think about it. No. Just right out of the holster. Perfect. Sweet potato fry. You didn't even aim. You just pulled the trigger. Why? Sweet potato fry. Yeah? With ranch? Yeah. Hell yeah. Who are we kidding? Of course, with ranch. Okay, here's Baby Bear's serious question. What is a quality that you love most about yourself? And I got to tell you, Baby Bear, I love this question. Um, I don't normally eat strawberries on podcasts. That's a really good quality. That is. I wouldn't say that's your best quality. No. Okay. Um, in all seriousness... <sighs> I'm pretty fond of saying that I'm weird or that I'm, like, odd or awkward, but I think, in reality, uh, one of my favorite qualities is um, that I do think differently than than a lot of people I know, and I'm creative and can I can bring something different to a conversation than the people around me do, and that's one of my favorite qualities about myself is that I've just sort of always walked to the beat of my own drum. Yes. That's one of my favorite qualities about you. It is? Yes. I'm glad that you think it's one of your best, and I also think it's one of your best. Well, I had to teach myself to think it was one of my best because I realized after, like, really trying to walk on beat that I had no rhythm for any drama other than my own. <laughs> You've kind of always been your your own human. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I think even if I wasn't a kinky weirdo, I'd have to find a French community because I just don't really do... Um, normal very well. Sure. So I don't think I would have um, appreciated all that you are if you had been trying to be normal all the time. You're very sweet on this podcast. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Ready for another one? I mean, yeah, but also bye, ba baby, ba bear. Bye, ba baby, ba bear. Um, actually, another close friend asked this one. So the Duff Man. Oh hey. Duffman. What up, Duff Man? Says uh, Sarah and Duck. <laughs> I caught her mid drink. <laughs> Wait, say it again. Sarah and Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Correct answer. Sarah and Duck. <laughs> our our uh, friend Rarity, Rarity oh, Switch, asks Rarity. Yeah, what is something you want to add into your kinky life? Ooh, um. That is a really good question. I'm super interested. Um, I think I'd like to add a 24-7 domestic discipline element into our lives. Ooh, say more about 24-7 domestic discipline. Spankings and, like, consequences for rules and just that whole, like, 1950s... Vibe (laughs) 
is way up my alley and I like to play with it. But I also think, man, if I could, I could definitely see that being like an all the time thing. So fun, fun when we've played with it, but you're saying, no, if, if this could be all the time, yeah. If it were not just a play thing every once in a while, if it were all the time. Yeah. Kind of like it was like back in the day, but like with all of the reality of me having choice and autonomy and the right to like vote. So, okay. Okay. So all of the, the appropriate rights that you deserve. But also then we just get to choose that. And then we get to choose that. Spankins. I remember you telling me about that coffee ad that you really loved. Yeah. The one if like, God help you if you come home and the coffee's stale. And I'm like, I didn't know coffee got stale, but not apparently. This is one of the things that I absolutely adore about kink and that I struggle with, which is it can simultaneously be a contradiction in values. Yeah. So what you've said is I want all of the rights, liberties, and equality and equity that I deserve except when as we're, a human being. Except when we're in the middle of like kinky play because I don't like – I'm like, oh. Except when we're in play. But I also, the fantasy is 24-7. It's not just kinky play. Yeah. Yeah, like 24-7, like, um, I mean, there had to have been women in the times where this was appropriate um, who were smart and weird and just had husbands who were like, yeah, I can take that in stride, but also spankings. So. So some kind of consensual choiceful setup wherein there would be there discipline rules and discipline and that you've chosen along with your partner, inclu- yeah, meaning me. Yeah. yeah. I was supposed to say your partner. You made, well, yeah, 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 you made it like, I was like, extrapolating to a greater audience, but in this case, me. Coo. Awesome. Coo, my baby coo. What about, uh, we have this question from, oh, Batman, man, I love this guy. He's been around since the early days. So Batman uh, 53090, who we have uh, known and corresponded with for quite a long time, (laughs) says, this starts out with advice and then turns to more advice. He gives us advice? Uh, Normally, I'd say don't trust a fart, but you're diapered, so trust all the farts. It's not even a question. It's just a little bit of advice. You can just trust them all. I mean, yeah, like trust them, but don't trust that. The diaper's going to hold it. Well, yeah, that's a different issue, right? Like, You have yeah. to pick a good dip for that. Well, yeah, and you have to have it tight around your waist or else it's just for like... For sure. It's just like a slow ascent. <laughs> we're not going to get any more into the mechanics of that one. That's a different show. Fights. S- someday we're going to do that show, uh, which is actually one of our most requested episodes. Let's can do the poop show, but I'm not ready to do the poop show, I so we're going to do the poop show. Can I tell you what my least favorite word for fart is? Sure. It, gives, it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies to say, it's poot. <laughs> what, really? That's the bad one? Yeah, my aunt used to say that, and I'd be like, what? <laughs> it was so gross. What about fluffy? I don't even care. Like, I used to know some people who said fluffing. Fluffing, okay. You fluffed, yeah. and I'm like, whatever. Okay, you can let that one go, but not poot. Come on. It's the worst of all. I'm even sorry as I say it, you look totally disgusted. I'm sorry if that's your word. I have, like, a weird, like, early childhood grossness. Hey, man. Of this word. We've oh, all got our thing. I, I totally get it. Poot. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Our buddies. Man, this is so fun to see all of our friends on here. Our buddies, Teddy Bear and or Teddy and Honeybee. Hi. 
You know these guys. Yeah, of course I know these and guys. And we love these guys. Hey, library friends. They want to know, when is your erotica novel coming out? Oh, my God. Keep me honest, and it'll come out real soon. That's right. If you keep on her. I'm going to need you, honeybee. I'm going to need you to be that person who's like, Ahem. How many chapters are you in? We knew we were going to hang out with Teddy and Honeybee forever when the first time we hung out, they were like, you want to go to the library? And we were like, hell yeah. And I almost cried. Of course I do. And I went to the library and I I almost cried that for makes real. Sense. Yes. It so was great. When, when was should so we expect your novel? Um, I think Pepper North said you should just go ahead and write it, right? She can write so fast. I know, but she said you should just go ahead and write it and just get it out there. October 14th. Of? This year. Oh, damn. All right, stake in the ground, friends. Can it be a novella? Yeah, I don't actually know what the difference is. It's shorter. Oh, it's a shorter novel. Then yeah. Yes, yes. You it's can like a baby novel. Absolutely have a novella. Yeah. I would have said pamphlet so I could really hedge oh my, my bets. Can I just... Patrick Henry the heck out of this? Yeah. Just, just bullet points would be fine. Boom, boom, boom. Pamphlet. All right. Our all, our, man, it's good to see everybody. But our other friend, uh, Waffle Gatsby, says, uh, what would you warn your younger self to avoid in relationships? What would you warn uh, your younger self to avoid in relationships? So this is actually something that I recently heard on another podcast um, and it hit me like, oh my God, that's incredibly right. And the tip was just because someone holds their secrets close to their chest, just because they appear mysterious, it doesn't mean their secrets are worth knowing. Oh, Ooh. Yeah. I, I, another, it, it's someone much smarter than me said that. And it's true. It's just because you meet someone who is like one of those secret mysterious like oh i should try really hard to get to know no you shouldn't like you shouldn't it's just basically a different way of not putting forth as much effort as you're putting into something with your honesty and your openness oh that's so good so that's so being secretive and mysterious is just a way of dodging the effort of being straightforward well it's dodging the work of what it would take to be straightforward uh, with someone yeah of trusting of like that's all your baggage and what you're making it look like is I don't know that guy from Gilmore Girls that everybody hated like the I don't know who that is it's like Jesse I think not Dean like he's the one who's like oh my life is hard you'll never get me Rory and she's right. like I love you <laughs> I still have no idea what you're talking about somebody out there does but I, but I mean I sort of get the archetype right this is mm -hmm. like the mysterious bad boy type archetype of somebody who has all these mysterious secrets and you're saying that's not yeah, a personality. Do, yeah, the, having that's secrets is not undone. a personality. Ooh, yeah. that's so good. I agree. Not. I, I only agree because I didn't say it. Like, yeah. it's somebody else who said that. Well, you can agree. I agree. You can agree even if you did say it. Yeah, I'm pretty smart. <laughs> that's not a personality. That's work undone. Good God. I'm going to get some index cards that say that. And every time... That one was me. That I, Yeah, that was good. Every time I run into that experience, either with myself or others, I'm just going to pull out that index card and be like... Oh, that's not a personality. That's work undone. Yeah. Bam. Bam. RNT coming out with the one-liners tonight. It's a hot take <laughs> from RNT. <laughs> I was afraid we wouldn't get the air horn noise. <laughs> Thank God we finally hit that part of our podcast. Yeah. 
Um, so let's go to FetLife. So in our FetLife group, and by the way, what's up, FetLife group? We love you guys. And we take a lot of cues from you guys on how to steer this show, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, our buddy Twisty125, who is also one of our brave transcribers in our transcribers group, Aww, who makes sure you. that all of our podcasts are transcribed for those who could benefit from a transcription. Twisty asks, what do you enjoy doing outside of kink? Painting, dance, hiking, video games, what? Yeah. What do you enjoy? Yeah, all those. <laughs> Just kidding. So what I enjoy doing outside of kink is um, I am a huge arts and crafts fan. I do all the arts and all the crafts. Um, if it has pipe cleaners, if it has hot glue, if it has posters, especially if it incorporates more than one type of office supply. Yeah. I'm really into that. Um, also, I like to renovate um, parts of our house, and I'm, I've really been getting into woodwork the past year, too. Um, also, I really like this video game called Spelunky that I just found out about, and I think if RY doesn't hear Spelunky 32 times plus in a day, then he's probably going to think I'm dead. This is true. We've been Spelunky has been at least... 40 hours a week. It's all I talk of your about. your waking life, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'll play 15 minutes, and it's been an hour and a half, and I'll be up there soon. <laughs> so what's nice about Spelunky for me is that typically I'm the one throwing out the outdated cultural references. Spelunky was like a PS3 game that came out however long ago, a decade ago, and now it is your favorite thing. Yeah, so, okay, I didn't have, like, a TV for a long time, and I definitely didn't have any sort of game system. So whenever I moved in with RY and then we got married, we had all that stuff. And so I, at first, and by at first, I mean, for like the first nine years of our marriage and relationship, I was like, uh, video games. But then I found Spelunky but then like there a was month Spelunky. ago. Yeah. And it's the only video game I know of that I, A, can play because I have the skill. B, I don't throw up because it's just a side scroller. Yeah. And see, if I can convince him, we can do two-player, and that's awesome. Yeah, buddy. And I get to be really like this little cute monster. The family that spelunks together. Stays spunks together. Toge- oh, stays together. Yes. Spunks no, together. That's- <laughs> <laughs> Gross. All right, Diapers and Brews, who is another member hey, hey. Of, our, of our transcription team. Yeah. Of our transcribies. And a previous guest on the podcast, Diapers yeah. and Brews says, R&T seems to be a seasoned veteran in all things kinkalicious. Is there anything left for her on her kinky bucket list that she wants to check off or accomplish? Ooh. What's on your kinky bucket list, R&T? Oh, that is an excellent question. I thought so, too. Um, yeah, actually, there is. I would, I have, like, a fantasy of being mommied. That I haven't uh, gotten to sort of like play with yet. And I specifically would love to be like mommied and daddied at the same time. Mm. That's on my list. I've <laughs> I've been in a situation with two other partners where I was like the baby, but they weren't like mommy and daddy. They were just it was kind of like a different situation. Hmm. So you want that. a proper mommy, daddy, baby situation. Triangle. I mean, we don't even have to have sex. We could just go to the zoo. Yeah. But I really just want to experience that. I well, think. you heard it here, mommies. Apply with Find me. <laughs> I'm here. I'm looking for you. Sounds pretty great to me, man. I'm mm. sold. I'm sold. Yeah. Let's do this. That'll be fun. Thank you for that question, diapers and brews. Baradetta on our FetLife group says, how has kink affected your life? What do you love the most and what is most problematic? 
Oh, good. Right? Yeah. Love these questions. What do I love the most and what is the most problematic? What I, what I love the most is that my life as it is now and all of my past experiences from the time I was about 15 would have been very different had I not been a kinky weirdo. I That's mean, very true. I have friends that I started meeting way back then when I wasn't supposed to be meeting, making friends that have 100% shaped my life. I've lived with them. I've stayed with them. I've called upon them for help. So I think my life would have been incredibly different. So that's my favorite part is that the community and friendships and relationships I've built have meant everything to me. In those early days... What would you advise against for those who are listening? We're going to assume all of our listeners are over 18, but even for those over 18, in those early days, what do you advise against? Sort of what are the mistakes that you made that you would advise people not to make? Don't lie. It takes too long. Like, you you can't remember all of it. I remember I lied about being, I was like 28 for like four years. I see. I see. Um, Yeah, I, I think just... Be okay with where you are. You don't being honest doesn't mean giving out your personal details. It just means being okay with where you are in the moment. I'm 19. I don't know a lot. I'm still learning. I'm scared to meet everybody. That's fine. Like, well, and you you got yourself into in retrospect some pretty dangerous situations. Oh my gosh, I've talked about this at at least at our house um, with our housemates and with our why. Several times, I am very, very lucky to be alive. <laughs> I put myself in situations that I would never let our child get into, like or advise anybody else. Or I advise assume. anyone else. Yeah. I mean, no, don't be, don't be like me <laughs> in those times. It's wild. I mean, some of the stories that you've told me, I thought, thank God you made it out. Yeah, I was very trusting. Yeah. Very, very trusting. Yeah. Um, and I think. What was the other one? The least favorite? Yeah, least favorite moments. Um, I think... Well, the question... Sorry, let me let me clarify. The question was, what's been most problematic about problematic. your kink? Yeah. Um, I think the most problematic thing for me has been that because I watched from a very early age siblings, cousins, friends, classmates, and then colleagues get into relationships so quickly and have such a great time... I began to internalize my weirdness as, or my, I keep calling it weirdness. It's a joke. We're not serious about the weirdness um, in a negative way. Right. I actually love the weirdness of kink. Yeah. Love it. Me too. Um, I, I began to interpret my kinkiness as ultimately that there was something wrong with me that I couldn't fix, that no one could fix, and that no one could accept because I was having such a hard time finding someone. Yeah to love who would love me back. And so I think the most problematic thing is that once internalized, that's really a hard voice to let go of. Mm. So I've struggled with even married to a a fellow kinkster. Can I ask for this? Is it okay? Am I wrong? Yeah. So that's And by extension, I mean, as you've described it, am I wrong? And can I still be loved in spite of the thing that I want or that I'm asking for? Yeah. Yeah. 
And I tend to look at what I'm asking for as a sacrifice my partner is making. And that's just from, that's from relationships where that that was absolutely the truth. And God bless them. They just tried and it was really detrimental to our relationship and to them. And I felt awful. Yeah. It was my fault in my mind. Hmm. So you internalize that as your fault because you you had a desire. It did not fit and it felt like it was detrimental to them Yeah, because they didn't negotiate that with you well. Yeah. Well, and if I hadn't had it, they might be happy Mm. and I might be happy and that was hard. I think one of the, one of the pieces I'm going to hold on to from what you shared is that not only is it hard, but it's hard to deprogram that. Oh, a hundred percent. Once that's in your brain, it's hard to pull it back out. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that question. That was a really rich question. So, uh, Bearded had a follow-up question as well as our good friend Valentily, who did most Hi, of our v. early podcasts. Hi, V. And was a guest on our show. Um, For transcribing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she did, sorry, she did most of the early transcripts. Um, so, Bearded asks, what are your favorite books or authors? And Valentily asks, on the topic of authors, I'm curious who your favorite poet is. So, what are your favorite Ooh. books, authors, and who's your favorite poet, okay. RNT? Um, I feel like I'm tipping my hand when I say R&T. <laughs> Actually, Robert Frost isn't even up there. No. No. It just makes for a good screen name? Yeah. Oh. Well, I like the poem. Yeah, I know it by poem. heart. Yeah. So who are your favorite books, authors, and poet? So, um, of course, you all know by listening to me geek out on um, one of our previous episodes that Pepper North is one of my favorite kinky authors. Yeah. Um, Another one of my favorite kinky authors is I really enjoy works by Renee Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, my non-kinky favorite author is Diana Gabaldon. She wrote the Outlander series, um, which then is that really a show. non-kinky for you? Because I you look more than a little rose-cheeked. I love when you that read. show. I know, but I'm saying, is it is it real? Is it really non-kinky? Because got it's yeah. got a little bit of a flush. So here's the thing. When I watch the show, yeah. it feels more okay. more romantic. Little Sam Hugan um, vibe. Yeah, of yeah. course. But Got the it. actual books are just chocked full of amazing content, amazing mm-hmm. writing. Yeah. So Diana Gabaldon and um and also Tolkien was my early favorite, and I have a hard time pushing him out of any chair he's in. If you had to guess, how many times have you read the entire Lord of the Rings series? <sighs> I'm talking cover to cover. Not, not as many times as I've read the Outlander books. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, like only five. <laughs> well. Nice small number, like five. Well, yeah. I mean, and I I think I might have obsessed a lot more over the Tolkien books because yeah. I was at an age where obsession was just, I had all the time to obsess. Yeah. Um. So, and poets was the other one? Yeah. Who's your favorite poet or poets? Okay. I... This, this, um, I got a little bit of negative feedback whenever I was, so my degree has to do with poetry and creative writing and got a little bit of, um, a little bit of flack for this, but I really like the works of Billy Collins. I like Billy Collins. I know he's very, his writing is more simplistic. I think he's great though. Somebody gave you shit for liking Billy Collins? Yeah. They were basically saying he's kind of like, meh. Ah. And I like his work. I disagree. Um... I mean, with them, not you. Yeah. Well, and I think I'm more a person to like poems than I am to like poets. Ah. But I just like enough of Billy Collins' poems to have bought 
a few of his books. Yeah. By sailing alone around the room, it's great. I am the boat asleep in the boathouse. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> also, um, we are not endorsed by Billy Collins in any way. <laughs> well, that'd be sweet. If Billy Collins was aware of Love and Brief and was like, hey, I really get behind your kink podcast, diaper people. Do you know that you can go to, um, he does like, like these classes with people and you could like basically win a one-on-one like class consultation, like he'll critique your poetry and Holy stuff. Holy shit. Yeah, my well, brain yeah, you, almost exploded. Do you really want your poetry critiqued by one of your heroes, though? Really? Because I don't. I have a lot of trouble with social interaction as it is. Yeah, that sounds like a tall <laughs> So, order. no. All right, so I'm going to throw one last one out there here. Okay. To, to my loving partner. I'm, I'm... What is the thing you are most tired of having to answer online? Because our, our friends and those who listen asked us some amazing questions tonight, but not every question we get is so insightful. What is the thing that you're most tired of answering from people? Um, the thing I'm most tired of answering is about, is in relation to my need to wear. Okay. I don't like answering questions about it. I know it's really hot for a lot of people. Including me. And I love that you love answering questions about it. But for me, I'm like, that is like literally the one part of my kink that I don't find. Totally like, get that. Like when I have like a a pretend accident and I'm like, oh, no, I had an, that's hot. That's yeah. fun. But when it happens, like, for example, at about two in the morning when yeah. R.Y. and I were sleeping the other day and I was not adequately dipped, I leaked all the way up my neck. Yeah. And we had to wake up and change the sheets and it was miserable. It wasn't fun for anybody. And we were both grumpy. And then people are like, tell me about how you wet your pants by accident. And yeah. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, do you want me to pour water on you while you're sleeping? That's what it is. And then we'll ask you how much you liked it. Did you love it? Did you get a good night's sleep? Well, and this is something, if you are interested, we had a whole episode on incontinence. Um, but this was something that, you know, you and I had to navigate because for me, it was always a fetish until I knew somebody meaning you and others in the community, uh, who it actually causes a significant problem in your life. Like it's not, it's not a hot fetish. It like fucking sucks. And then I had to adjust how I approach this topic because my fetish wasn't going to go away, but that doesn't mean you're the object of my fetish when you're having a legitimate medical need. And so I had to take on compassion instead of how can I get hot about this? Yeah. Yeah. And And I'll encourage the rest of our listeners to do the same. If it's not hot to the person, Stop asking about it. Yeah. Do you know, and I feel a little bit of, it's not guilt, but it's like responsibility because I have this fetish and this kink. I won't even say I have a fetish. I don't. I have a kink. Hmm. Because I have this kink, I feel as though I am beholden to those question askers. Like I have to answer them. I have to be like present and give them answers and stuff because I, it feels wrong to be like, I don't want to talk about it. Shut up. Don't ask me like, and that's not, that's not to say that if we're close friends, I won't answer all your questions. I'll talk to you very openly about it, but if you're doing it and I can tell you're jerking off in your other hand while you're asking me the question, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Because it's just not fun. Well, and I'll say, and I, I know you know this, but for my two cents, you don't owe that discussion to anybody, mm. myself included. Like, you get to have your privacy. 
So when people ask those questions, sometimes I answer them and sometimes we just don't answer them at all. Yeah. But you guys should know, if you ask me that question, our why is the one answering <laughs> Most it. Most of the time. I'm, pre- I'm pretty clear about that. But. I never answer them because I, I'm, I'm not as good about that as you are. I will just full on, <laughs> like, I don't know if it's the anxiety or the ADHD, but I'll just blank and like walk away and never come back to Fair. it. And to be clear, I answer them with your permission. I'm not just going. Of course. Oh, no. He asks. I'm not just going rogue. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. Um, So Junkie Pants R.Y. episode, we'd already done. This was uh, Tipsy Pants R.N.T. And I'm going to (sighs) say you're ready for bed, judging by that yawn. I'm not not tipsy, though. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not. No, what I'm saying is I'm on the. the, uh, Oh, on the far side of tipsy. You ever got one of those calendars? The far side of tipsy? Well, the far side calendars. <laughs> yes, I have. I've, everybody has one of those. Well, everybody who was born before 1985, yeah. All my teachers had one. Yeah, that explains it. Hey, uh, this has been another edition of Love and Brief. Thank you, by the way, for um, for our friend, second other guy, who submitted the funkified version of the LIB theme. We asked for that in the middle of the Maker Series, and we're still asking for it. If you are somebody who likes to create noise, I'm not even saying music, I'm just saying noise. If you like to create noise, send us your version of the Love and Brief theme. We're using them as we work our way up to our 100th episode this year. Well, I mean, 100th episode in total, but this year it's going to happen. So we would love to hear your version of the Love and Brief theme. It could be anywhere from two seconds up to a minute. We'd love to hear from you. You don't even have to be talented. You just have to like to record noise. And if you don't, I will eat a different fruit on this podcast every week. Oh, this is your threat. I hate it. What's it going to be next week? This week was strawberries. Next week, Clementines is the threat. She's the bad cop in this relationship. Clementines are on the table. Uh, also, if you, we talked about the transcripts tonight. If you or somebody you know would benefit from a transcript of this podcast, go to transcripts.loveandbrief.com. And our brave transcribers from our transcribers group who give of their time freely and openly and their attention and their focus just to transcribe this podcast for you and for others, they put their time in so that you can read it. And those who might benefit from a uh, transcript can do that because accessibility matters. So you can go to transcripts.loveandbrief.com to hear that. RNT. Any parting words before we call this one a wrap? I'm really sticky. (laughs) She is covered in strawberries. I am Resident Yes, and this has been another edition of Love in Brief. I'm Arnett Taken. Okay, bye.